Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. Perception, they say, is reality. What something looks like is what it is in the minds of most of the observers. This is a truism that politicians keep in their back pockets. They don't always pay as much attention to it as they should, but generally speaking, they do. They're very aware that the things they do, the things they say, are going to be remarked upon, commented upon, and noted by the public. And if those things are at variance with what's in their hearts, yeah, the public are going to take them at face value. They're not going to worry about what they what they what they thought at the time, or what they meant to do, or what they meant to say. For the most part, they're going to get judged on what they did do and what they did say. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today on Left, Right, and Center, gentlemen. Welcome to both of you. Thank Morning, you. Jim. I want to go from that little preamble there to the latest round of scandals in Ottawa, and not to dwell on the scandals particularly, but this whole issue of what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Of course, it revolves around now. I think the number is up to four. Uh, cabinet ministers who availed themselves of the hospitality of the wealthy Irving clan in New Brunswick and uh, either took some rides on Irving airplanes for free or went to the Irving fishing lodge and had a you know a relaxing uh, weekend and so on. Um, Dave Anderson is the latest guy to stand up in Parliament and say, I'm sorry, I guess uh, you know maybe I made a mistake here, although I didn't do anything wrong. And I will not be influenced. My vote cannot be influenced by this. Prime Minister went on the offensive yesterday, as only he can, saying that none of his ministers had done anything wrong, and in fact, if he wanted to go fishing at the Irvings, uh, he would see nothing wrong with uh, him going fishing there, too. Which is okay. I'm not going to turn this into a Jean-bashing fest, because I've... I'm just tired of doing that. However, uh, I want to ask you, gentlemen, about the, this sort of generalized issue. If I were a politician, I would like to think that I could accept a trip to a fishing lodge. Come on up for the weekend, Jim. Like to get to know you a little better. Like you to catch a little fish, uh, relax a little bit, maybe have a couple sarsaparillas. Got a Cuban cigar in the drawer over here. Come on up, and we'll just kick that. I would like to think that I would be able to do that without compromising my integrity. But I don't think I would do it, even though in my heart of hearts I could make the case that well, I'll go and have a little fun and. Relax a little bit, smoke that cigar, uh, catch that fish, and uh, it's not going to affect the way I'm going to vote on anything because I'm not going to let it. But even knowing that in my mind, I'm also going to say, but I can't do it because it just won't look right. People won't believe me when I tell them it's not going to affect me. These guys all did it. They all got caught, if you want to call it that. And um, now their own prime minister is saying, well, there's no problem doing this. We should accept their word that they're not going to be influenced. Uh, Jeff, I want to start with you. I mean, at, at what point do you think it's reasonable to leave off this idea that, well, you know, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Is there a point, is there a line these guys shouldn't be crossing and have these guys crossed it? Well, there's there's two lines, I think. The first is that there are laws about ethics, and uh, we've got, you know, Howard Wilson as the federal ethics commissioner, and uh, so there, there are, are laws and rules that have been passed to say, you know, you can do this and you can't do that and so on. But I think that the, the more important rule really is the one that you mentioned about public perception, and that is at what point does it look like 
something more than just your buddy invited you over for a beer. You know, how far can you stretch that before it starts to look bad? And I think that uh, that it starts to look bad when your buddy says, I'll have my jet pick you up. But when, when you hear that, the antenna should go up and say, you know, I don't think the average uh, voter gets to be jetted around uh, by their buddies. So they may resent that, you know, and whether it's whether you could argue that it amounts to the same thing as your buddy saying, I'll drive this weekend to the cottage, come up and see me, yeah. that, 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 which, which I think would be okay. The other thing is that, for instance, if he says, come to my house or come to my cottage, that's a lot better than saying, come to my hotel and I'll give you a free room. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so it's, and they call it a smell test. You know, does it pass the smell test? So I think that, again, the less it looks like your and my lives and more like the lifestyles of the rich and famous, the more trouble it's going to be, and I, I, I frankly am astounded that these guys would do this. I think it's 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 very wrong to do, particularly because the liberals are constantly being criticized for being arrogant. They've been in power too long, you know. They're they're, they're their heads are too full of themselves, and so on. And I think just think, you know, why would you give ammunition to somebody? The other thing that always astonishes me is it's always a small amount of money. It's not like they made the big score. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they saved themselves three hundred bucks on a flight. You know, and those are the things that bring people down invariably. I remember years ago we used to do. Well, not in this government. Nobody gets brought down in this government. <laughs> but I remember years ago we used to do uh, a defense work for, um, or no, it was actually council work for a lot of small uh, police departments. And there were a variety of police chiefs who went down in southern Ontario back in the 80s, and it was invariably for a thousand, two thousand bucks. And I just think, why would you throw away your career for that? Uh, but but again, as far as whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, whether whether they, they should uh, uh, get away with it, I'd say they should not. Uh, Robert, Jim, it interests me not one bit who the heck they see, who they talk to, who they associate with, who who they know, who they don't know. What matters to me is policy. That's the only way you can tell whether you're being shafted or not. Mm-hmm. And basically, you have to ask yourself a question: Do our politicians represent? individual rights or do they do they represent interests and i would put it to you that most of politics is interests and we can talk all we want about you know the irvings and whoever bribing politicians well they do with their influence and yeah, with their said, connections nobody suggested but that so does the right. voter yeah okay we bribe politicians okay. i want more health care i want more i'll education. give you my vote i'll if. give you my vote if that's a bribe okay mm-hmm. pure bribery so when you have a system based on bribery that's based on getting benefits, not on someone out there protecting your right to get your own benefits at your own steam, but getting it from someone else, well, you're already going down the path. And then people get deflected by all these little, like, like Jeff said, small stuff, when in fact governments are handing special interests out almost $100 million per day. You know, that's, and we, we don't even blink an eye. We worry about the 300 bucks that so-and-so got, right? So well, it's because to me, it's, this- a, it's, a, it's a, what's the point? Of course, the rich people in any country are, the, are really the status quo in a large sense. Because mm-hmm. They're the moneyed interests, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They have the most to lose if anything goes wrong. Uh, absolutely. And in a, in a sense, they, ha- they have every right to protect their legitimate interest, but they don't have a right to protect their interest at your expense or my expense. Or, or at the citizens' expense, and that the only way they can do that is by being granted monopolies, which we have completely in our whole communications industry, practically in this country, or being granted special status or protection from competition abroad. That's what they usually look for. Most business people are anti-free enterprise. 
They're pro-business and their business, not your business, okay? And that's when they go to politicians to ask for trade barriers, for something that gives them an edge up over the other guy without having to earn it. Okay, and so that's th when you get into corruption in politics. So they're going to go to the they're going to go to the politicians and ask them. I mean, given that we, we accept that what you said is true, we still are dealing on a day-to-day -day level with the realities of the government the way it is. Is there does it make any difference at all then whether these guys went to you know went fishing with the Irving boys? No. Every, the only thing that matters to you and me is policy. Um, well, Jeff says it does matter. Jeff says it matters a lot. They shouldn't have done it. Well, it matters in terms of perceptions and for future elections and getting elected. That's mm -hmm. all it matters for. But to you and I, it doesn't matter. The process carries on. Um, if, if you look at the history of Canada, Ontario, any of the provinces, and if you went back over a 20-year period, whether there was a PC government in, an NDP government in, a liberal government, the one trend you will see, and there's no exception, is taxes going up, regulations going up, deficits, debts going up. They do not come down even when they tell you that they're giving you a tax break. They're going up. You know, there's no question because spending goes up. That's mm. the only that's the only measuring stick that matters. And the well, PCs under Harris, by the way, spent more than every previous administration. And why most people don't acknowledge that is just beyond me. It's just a fact. I guess the other thing too is that in my hopeless naivety, that I always have this idea that it would be nice to have leaders that we can look up to. Mm -hmm. like, it is kind of hopeless, isn't it? God these forbid. Days? Well, isn't and it? Why though? shouldn't I mean, they? You know, sort here we have the prime minister saying whether I mean, he doesn't believe with with Bob's basic premise to start with, so he's not going to be concerned about Bob's view of this. But he, he technically agrees with your point of view. You're both liberals, and here he's saying they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. No, sir, you're not my boys. They're okay. And if I want to go fishing with the Irvings, I'm going to. Yeah, well, I don't like it, and uh, I don't respect it. You know, to me, again, what I'm looking for is people who can. What's the the line that I, you know, I'm I, I can resist anything except temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, like why can't they resist a bit of temptation and say, you know what, I'll I'll come out on a commercial airline. Thanks very much. You know, uh, or or I appreciate the ride. Let me pay. You know, I'll pay the bill for it. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind if they go riding on the on the Irving's jet. In fact, you know, I'm going to say I don't mind it, even if the Irvings pick up the tab. The problem I have, though, is it shouldn't be hidden, right? And they should be subject to intense scrutiny anytime they're doing anything relative to the Irvings, and they maybe should recuse themselves from any involvement. Maybe Anderson well, why, why, Jim, why, do, why does their relationship have to be exposed? All you have to do is look at the policy. Just look at what they're proposing in Parliament. Yeah, but they have uh, options. That's all though. that matters. But they have options relative to these large companies. The companies don't always get what they want. Well, that's true. But, but, to, but this early Irving family is is so powerful in New Brunswick. Like we really don't have anything like it in Ontario. They're mm -hmm. so pervasive, like and, and have been for a couple of generations at least. Like these are extraordinarily powerful people, you know. And to, to suggest that uh, that they have not been able to influence public policy over the years would would, would I think be pretty naive. That sure that they've had their own way on a lot of things. And and the, the challenge I think if you want to influence a politician is how do you hide your tracks? How mm -hmm. do you cover your tracks? Like for instance, you know, in, invariably we see uh, former politicians. Uh, particularly ones who have favored business, uh, rewarded with lots of directorships down the road. You know, and, and that's just, you know, that's the understanding. that They're going to be looked after in their yeah. old age. Now, now not Marion Boyd. She's mm -hmm. not getting any directorships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but again, it's far enough down the road that they're out of the news by now, and we just don't really notice that. But, but you know, isn't that the same thing? We're going to go to the phones now, and our lines are open to you. 643-1290, star 1290 in the Rogers AT&T cellular. And Phil has a comment. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Well, uh... I'm a public servant, and um, as that, uh, the government uh, puts out a code of conduct for me. Yeah. 
And uh, there are some very stringent guidelines for all public servants, right down to accepting a free cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be able to accept a meal upon occasion, uh, but if somebody gives me a gift, say it's worth $50, right? I, I have to take that to a manager and declare the fact that I've been given this gift, who gave it to me, why it was given, and all of this is the law of the land. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, the question is, if you are a public servant who's being elected, not hired, should the rule be different? And I don't think it should be different. I think the one rule should apply, whether you are great or small. And and, and the fact is that if you have um, a, a multi-million dollar corporation that it's some point, the person you're giving this gift to could have a vote to influence the amount of money you make, then quite clearly it contravenes the guidelines the government sets up for its public servants. And that elected public servant should be treated exactly the same way. Appreciate the call, Phil. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Don't know if I agree with Phil. Why not? Phil's a public servant. He's an employee. He's not an elected official. He's subject to the law made by politicians. He's not a politician who's out there to potentially change the law. Mm -hmm. If I have to change the law, I have to hear from all the interests that are affected by the law that I plan to change. It's an entirely different relationship than being an employee. I I agree with everything Phil said about the restrictions on employees, and I think they apply in the private sector as well in the public sector. Mm-hmm. If you work for a high-tech company, you sign all kinds of things that you won't divulge certain information, mm-hmm. you, you know, just for practical purposes. I think that is where you get into trouble, though, because business is a lot different. That Certainly, wining and dining is, is the way the world. When I worked in private practice, we, were, we had a firm credit card. Mm-hmm. We were encouraged to go out and wine and dine clients, to take them golfing. You know, uh, Anything we could do to ingratiate ourselves with them was fair game. I, I was in uh, New Orleans a couple of years ago and, and didn't realize this, but New Orleans is, is the biggest convention center in the United States. You know, So businesses are flying their employees into New Orleans, and it's not just to sit in a little room and learn about their business. It's to go out and uh, see Mardi Gras and have fun and mm-hmm. uh, wander up and down Bourbon Street. That's fun. That's a personal benefit that you're getting through business. Uh, you know, as a consumer, I suppose we should say, well, we don't like you spending money on stuff like that. We'd rather you sell your product cheaper. Well, you know, you know, Jim, you mentioned earlier that, you know, the Irvings don't always get their way. Well, that's not because of any great principled uh, stand on the part of politicians because there's competing interests out there. Mm-hmm. The Irvings aren't <laughs> the only guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So, you do have a certain amount of competition of interests, and they they all control their their politicians, their their media outlets, whoever it is. And because um, I know, for example, a lot of columnists are are absolutely strict supporters of certain political parties. Yeah. There's no question, but they won't tell you that in their daily column. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, some of them will. Some will, yeah, depending on the nature of the column. Absolutely, uh, but again, so many won't. And people often just read the stuff and take it as the daily pablum of the day's news, mm-hmm. you know, not realizing who the messenger is and mm-hmm. what what agenda he's pushing behind them. But uh, you know, again, I, I think we get all all wound up in terms of uh, politicians talking to anybody who's rich. I just I don't. Should they talk to the poor people then? Should we cut them off from them? Mm-hmm. Should we? T- should they talk to the middle class? You know, from my observations, watching an office, for example, like the average uh, mayor's office, is ninety percent whining and dining and going out to social events and being seen in public places and doing all these quote public 
interest events, which are really a bunch of private interests all masquerading in the background. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it's all about. I, I, it, it, that's why I think someone like Kretchen is sort of laughing at the public. <laughs> you foolish people. You know, don't you understand what this whole business is about? Well, I'm glad you, know? you said that because that takes us to the second thing I wanted to ask you guys today. There was a column earlier this week in one of the papers, and I apologize I don't have it here, uh, and I can't even remember who wrote it. And it doesn't matter. It might have been Jeffrey Stevens, um, in which he, he really took some serious shots at the prime minister for this reason. He said that the prime minister was asked, what do you think the most significant, your most significant contribution, or the the most uh, the high point of your career? I think is what it was. Um, and he didn't he didn't offer a comment on any legislation he'd brought forth or the work he'd done with this ministry or that ministry. This is one of the most experienced politicians in the history of this country in terms of the number of ministries he's held and whatnot. None of that at all. He said the the high point was winning the election. <laughs> and the column the the, the columnist then tore a, a huge strip off him saying, "Isn't this a sad commentary?" on a fellow who's been in public life for 30 years, been the prime minister for almost 10 years, and the high point of his career of service to Canadians is the fact that he got re-elected? Wow, there you go. Well, but, 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 no, my question is this. Is there anything wrong with that? I mean, he is a politician. Well, and, and this is a fellow who never lost a, an election. His whole career, he's been in, I think, since 1962. Uh, and, and I've heard him speak a number of times, and what I've always heard him say was that he considers himself essentially a caretaker, mm -hmm. that he's not a visionary, he's not a Trudeau, uh, you know, or a Laurier, that uh, what he wants is nothing to go disastrously wrong on his watch. And if it, he can go home at the end of the day and people are basically, you know, kind of okay with their lives, you know, things are going okay, could be better, could be worse, he's a happy camper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's achieved that. Certainly that has been the case during his watch. Uh, uh, and it's interesting in, in the sense that he would have that as a vision rather than I'm the guy, you know, who, uh, who negotiated the Charter of Rights or the Constitution or something like that. He's been around for some pretty big stuff. Mm -hmm. But he really does see himself as this moderate, pragmatic, not idealistic, not visionary, not charismatic. I'm just Fun. a guy who will look after things. And, and that's exactly go the kind of guy who's in the pocket of the moneyed interest because he doesn't have any principles and that, and that's exactly the type of people who are influencing politics are being influenced the most what's that saying if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything mm -hmm. and that's where he's at but and he, to he say has, that he has he no ideology is so false he says he doesn't because he's, that's how you sell bad ideology you say i'm not ideological while you push every socialist program that you can stick into the country he well, thinks the un is 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 the answer to mother nature not, are not, are i mean it's terrible interest, uh, that's socialism, ideology in the extreme. Socialism doesn't pay that well, but uh, but he, it he's, pays he's extremely well to people up, in his position. You know, well, not in our pays position. Pays one hundred eighty thousand a year or whatever. Yeah, well, but uh, no, he, but he's the guy who who has like for me, he's gone off in his own direction a variety of times. He's sort of confounded expectations. He's taken on issues that I wouldn't have thought. I was very give me an example. And they wouldn't let the banks merge. I thought boy, the banks were really putting on the full court press there. And uh, he just said, no, forget it. Not going to let you do that. This past year, year and a half, you know, he seems you to think go that was way. You really think that was his decision, do you? Well, I suspect it well, was. I don't think so. I think there were some I, everything competing I've heard interests about him that worked there. Well, you know what his nickname is? The, who, bo the boss. Like, he gets his way. He's not a guy who suffers, uh, you know, not getting his way. But anyway, uh, having said that... Well, what is his last, way? What is his way? You just said well, he had no ideology. No, I'm saying just, in that so case, he has no way. He decided that even in spite of the massive uh, lobbying campaign, advertising, and I don't know if you remember all that stuff uh, that the banks were doing, he said no. Forget well, they it. had to do it or we won't survive. We can't survive exactly. if we're not allowed to do On this. On the other hand, the last year and a half, he seems to be going out of his way to do these left-wing things. Uh, you know, and again, it, you know, I, it's not something you would do if you didn't want trouble to me. So for whatever reason, he's now decided that he's interested in, in 
same-sex marriage or he's interested in getting through a new bill for uh, First Nations or marijuana or whatever it is. Uh, it's funny because he wants to be the caretaker, but that's not to say he doesn't do things that are kind of surprising. And having said that, when I say he never lost an election, he came awfully close a number of times uh, because of risk. Do you actually he think he brought up any of those issues because he cares about them? I think Jeff, he you're not that the right naive. way to go. No, he's just Whether doing he, that to confound his his predator. The guy that's coming up behind him. Yeah, but you could uh, say that about anybody doing anything, uh, then, though, Bob. If you want to be that cynical, you could say that no politician ever does anything for well, an altruistic motive. How can you motive. not be cynical about a prime minister who tells you he doesn't stand for anything? How can I? No, he how stands, can I not? He be stands for something very that. important. He stands for yeah. us getting on with our lives. And he didn't say no, he, he didn't stand. He didn't that's say that he no no lower your taxes by about three hundred percent. Then that would be consistent with letting us get on with our lives. Hey, there's nobody who cut government programs more in their mandate than he did. He's the, he was the inventor of downloading, you know, massive, massive cuts to health care, sure. to, to education. But he didn't country. cut government you know, spending. He's cut he taxes didn't cut dramatically. Taxes. He's, cut, he's the only no. guy that I know who's cut debt. You know, aside from maybe Ralph Klein, he cut debt by Mike raising Harris taxes. Cut Jeff, he cut debt by Mike raising taxes. Do. No, he's lowered taxes. You know, he's got his one third to tax cuts, one third to debt reduction, one third to uh, new spending. That's his his thing. How come that never gets to my pocket? That's what I. All of these guys, all of these politicians who keep telling us about debt or, or, or tax reduction, never seems to hit well, my it, paycheck. Because it comes out of uh, your federal taxes, but you pay it more on your municipal taxes. But so then they haven't cut taxes, well, have they? No. But uh, having said that, this is a guy who says. Here's a little tax cut for somebody, you know, and if municipalities want to raise their taxes because they maintain services, it's not my thing. No, I think that's completely duplicitous shell game, but that's the game they play. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's who's saying a little bit. You know, even Harris pulled the uh, we lower taxes in Ontario uh, illusion. OK, he lowered the tax rate, but he increased the amount of money that the government took in. Mm -hmm. And downloaded a ton of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, his accomplishments are just a shell game. Okay, and this is the guy everybody's touting as the potential leader of the new United Right, you know. Um, but anyways, it's, it's just uh, as long as you've got politicians who are operating mostly on interests, you know, rather than on on uh, on ideologies. As, as but doesn't that bring us that back? Doesn't it bring us back to exactly what Kretchen said? And and again, I, I you know I wasn't I didn't agree with the guy with the communists who said this was a a blanket condemnation of him as a man. Uh, although I'm no fan of Kretchen's, but he said, you know, my greatest accomplishment was to get elected. Well, that is an accomplishment, no, no, no question. But it, it, uh, it, it, in order to accomplish anything, you do have to get elected. It seems that the people of Canada... Well, that's are, not true. Well, that's the people, not true. Well, okay. Yeah, you, you yeah, can be right. You, can, yeah, you, you can, don't have to be that, an elected that is, and, you can, and, you can, and you can influence a government, that's true. I mean, we've seen the, the Liberal government in particular take good ideas from other parties, and, and more power to them if they are good ideas. And a lot of bad ideas. Well, true, but 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 if you if you're not in the if you don't get yourself into that position if you don't get elected uh, if you're unelectable because you've said here is exactly what I stand for and the people of Canada say well no we want the guy with all the handouts even if you are altruistic even if you do believe that this is in the in the long run not good for the country what possible good do you do by setting yourself on fire as a martyr to the cause well and I don't know if this, this might be the column I think Doug Fisher had a column where he talked about the the most important prime ministers of the century. And he said that in his view, it wasn't uh, Trudeau or Kenzie King, who people might think of. He said he thought it was Chrétien and Mulroney. Mm. And he said as between the two, he preferred Mulroney. Um, but it, that was very interesting in the sense that, uh, again, he thought that their influence is more profound and pervasive than the bright lights mm -hmm. who kind of flame out. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, in some respects, when you get down to it, governing is boring. Governing is about making sure the sewers are not, are not clogged. Yeah. You know, and that kind of 
day-to-day minutiae stuff. And, and again, that's where Chrétien seems to have dug himself in and said, well, kind of, kind of lurch our way along here and things do get done and we still have some trains, you know, uh, nothing dramatic, nothing earth shattering, but you get up in the morning and, uh, you know, that your bus is going to come pick you up, you know, uh, maybe, maybe that's, but that's uh, almost government in spite of the politicians, isn't it? Well, it's certainly minimal leadership, if you like, although I suppose they say the best leader is one you never see, you know, the best manager is one who doesn't have to do anything. Cause well, there, there, there you go. There is Kretchen's vision in a nutshell. Okay, I'm going to ask you two guys, this one, <laughs> I'm going to put you both on the spot a little bit because this is pure speculation. How different do you think Paul Martin will be as a prime minister from this this uh, image he has built of himself as a finance minister? And I say that in this context, that if you look at sort of his philosophical tradition, if you look at what his father did and all the things he said about his father and, uh, and, and the fact that many of his friends believe he's very much a, a torchbearer for his father's ideals, his father's ideals are not necessarily in line with what he did as finance minister. How different do you think he'd be, or will he be different at all? Is what you see, what you get with him? And Bob, I'd ask you first. Well, I think he's going to be as different as the media wants to paint him, mm-hmm. um, or even his political machinery. I mean, politics is ninety-nine percent, as you said earlier, illusion, perception. You know, the perception is reality. So, so you can create a different perception. You can put a new color suit on him. You can do all those symbolic things that people take so deeply and a little bit too far. I think sometimes, um, but. Paul Martin's Paul Martin. He's going to be Paul Martin <laughs> after he's prime minister mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, but the argument has been made by some people that what we've seen is not Paul Martin, that that has been the act. And once he's got his hands firmly on the reins of power, then we will see the real Paul Martin Jr., which will not be all that different from Paul Martin Sr., who was uh, quite a social activist. Um a social activist. Well, and uh, you know, in the context well, of the, the times Canada's in the Liberal Party, plan, yeah, at the time he was considered to be the the, the guy who brought in uh, Canada Pension, uh, the Canada Assistance Plan, healthcare, uh, Medicare, all that kind of stuff. That was his big legacy. Well, so Jeff, I'll ask you: Do you think have we been seeing the real Paul Martin? I have no idea. It's fascinating. You know, I've seen him speak a number of times, and every time I've heard him speak, I've agreed with everything he said and thought, "Boy, that guy's a real lefty." You know, and and one of his standard lines is, "My father built the social programs of this country, and I'll be the last guy to tear them down." But then I've watched him go out and do exactly that. So I, I maybe he means it literally. I will be the last <laughs> guy. <laughs> I'll be the last guy to tear them down. Yeah. So so it's fascinating. It'd be really interesting to see what he does. We get these signals coming out on. Different different issues like same-sex, like marijuana, like U.S. relations, that he's saying he's going to move to the right of, of Chrétien. So we'll see. I, I think that the Liberal Party thinks that he's right of Chrétien. Uh, you know, he himself, I think, would say that he's not. Uh, the other thing that will be very interesting is, is uh, John Turner syndrome, if you like, in the sense that uh, Paul is the golden boy, mm-hmm. you know, the man who's going to come in and just be perfect and amazing. And uh, governing is a lot different than even being a cabinet minister. When the buck stops at you and you have to manage everybody, keep them all, all the ducks in in the right row and all that stuff, it's a much different game. It'll and keep the ducks from quacking, well, which Kretchen right. has been very good at <laughs> yes, doing. Yes, yes. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he makes out with that stuff. Uh, you know, we, we had, I remember Stockwell Day came in and he was going to save the right. And all mm-hmm. that stuff. Sometimes we have expectations of where these people are, but when they get on site, uh, they find it's a lot different game. It's like... Uh, I wonder sometimes about critics becoming cabinet ministers and what a different job that is. And how I like being a critic. I like coming here every week and complaining. Mm-hmm. But if it was me having to make the tough decisions, it's a whole different ballgame. A lot harder to do. Well, gentlemen, we appreciate you both coming each week and joining us. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Feel free to, free to decline, but you uh, you may participate if you wish. In our next hour, we're doing our straw poll 
for the mayor's race. Either of you care to offer uh, your your choice for mayor? You're under no obligation at all, but if you want to start, we're happy to put your votes down. What are you asking? Uh, uh, who, who we think will win? No, or no. Who, we would who would you vote for today? Not who you might vote for. Would you vote? Would you? Do you have a, a favorite today? If not, undecided is perfectly acceptable. Or if you have a candidate. Uh, We'll just make note of it. I think you'll have to mark me down as undecided okay. today. All right. So we've got we've got our first vote today, ladies and gentlemen, is <laughs> undecided. Uh, Mr. Schlemmer? Well, I'm, I'm going to be voting for Anne-Marie, and the reason is that I think that she has gone through a tough session, this past one, that will cause her to mature and be tempered, and she will take the reins this time. I think that she will be more in control of the staff there. So I think that she's going to come along fine. I'm voting for her. All right. So we've got one undecided and one for the incumbent. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Left, Right, and Center brought to you by Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz. And uh, we appreciate them coming down. The <laughs> coming down and joining us every Wednesday for our program. We'll look forward to seeing them next week.